Good morning, church. Man, I am so glad you guys are here today. What an exciting day to be together as God's people. Amen. I mean, to have one voice celebrating Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He is, after all, King of kings and Lord of lords. And we celebrate him not only today, but every single day of our life. Whether you are here in this room or joining us online, man, I, I want you to know God loves you. And he's got an incredible life for you and his son, Jesus Christ. All, all you have to do is surrender to him and have life and life abundantly according to Jesus Christ. And so my hope is that uh, whether today uh, or, or maybe you've already done that in the past, that you've said yes to Jesus, that you will do so and experience the life-giving hope that we can have in our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I, so, I know so many of you are involved in service, uh, even at this congregation or maybe at the congregation where you are at. And over this uh, series, I've, had, I've asked uh, some of our membership to read text, and uh, some of them were a little hesitant, but uh, did a great job in reading the text every Sunday morning for us on the video. And I will say, say, Gary, who read today, was a little, uh, he pushed back a little bit. He said, Dave, you gave me the the chapter with all the names. And, uh, but he did a great job on that, man. I'm so appreciative of, of the work that they've done to help us hear the Word of God read in a public setting. Uh, We're so blessed to have so many uh, talented people and giftedness uh, in our congregation. Thank you for joining us in uh, our our goal to, to be kingdom people and to serve this particular community together. You know, it's hard to believe, but next Sunday is Easter. I mean, it's right here on us already. And all the data shows us that there are a lot of people who are very receptive to an invitation to worship. Uh, folks that may not have a church home, uh, whether they be your coworker, a neighbor, a family member, a friend, uh, they're more likely to say yes right now, this time of year, than any other time of the year. And so it's your opportunity to evangelize. It's your opportunity to say, hey, come with me uh, to a great worship time together and uh, invite them to Cross Point or wherever you're meeting uh, next Sunday. It'll be a great opportunity for you to reach out. And you know, the last couple of weeks I've mentioned uh, about Baptism Sunday on Easter, and I'm I want to encourage some of you here in our audience, or maybe joining us online, you know that Jesus Christ is the way, that He is going to give us life and life eternal. Our ultimate hope is in Him. You've recognized that, but you've just waited on the next step, and that is baptism into Jesus Christ, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, ready to be transformed and move forward in your uh, life as you, as you talk about Jesus Christ and the way you work and behave and talk and interact with those around you. And so Sunday, next Sunday, is one of those baptism Sundays, and I want to encourage you to, if you're thinking about that, if that's crossed your mind, what a great spiritual birthday for you to say yes to Jesus Christ in baptism on Easter Sunday. I know right now I'm talking to three different people who've made that decision, and uh, you could join them in that process. And if that's on your heart, on your mind, thinking about that, I'd encourage you to talk to me, talk to one of the staff members, talk to one of our shepherds. We'd love to make that happen for you right here at Cross Point. A great opportunity, again, Easter Sunday. Well, today we're finishing up our series called Savior Supreme, and as we study through the, the letter to the Colossian church, it's uh, important that we recognize you know, their name could be removed and we could put our town name in there because Paul is encouraging us to stay focused on Jesus Christ, to really think about the culture around us and all the different noises and the voices that are coming at us 
from all different directions that are trying to pull our focus off of Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 says, fix your eyes on Jesus. And we as disciples of Christ need to know that that is the only thing really going to help us move through this life. And there are always going to be a noisy culture around us, different things that are trying to pull us away from our relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, Paul wrote this uh, letter from prison. And maybe the last 12 months, you felt like you've kind of been in prison too. And so it's time for us uh, as we come back together again. I mean, look around this room for a minute. Just go ahead. It's okay to turn your head in, in, in the time together. Look around this room. We're, we're starting to kind of gather back as God's people. We've always been God's people, even as we've not been able to gather. But we're, we're in community together. And what a joyous time to be together. Paul calls us in his letter to do some things, to recognize Jesus Christ, to change our behavior, and to live a transformed life in Christ Jesus in the world around us. And so let's take a look at our text that we're going to be in today, Colossians chapter 4. If you've got your Bibles with you, I'd encourage you to to turn there with me. Uh, There's going to be two verses I'm going to ask you to mark up if uh, you've got your own Bible with you, really important as well. But starting in verse 2 of Colossians chapter 4, Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about His mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone." These are the texts, the verses that we're going to kind of park our car on today and really unpack and talk about. Paul initially in chapter 1, he reminds us of who Jesus Christ really is. And he, he starts in verse 15 kind of creating this beautiful rendition and explanation of who Jesus is. Jesus is God. He is creator. All things were created for him and by him. You and I, our purpose is in Christ Jesus. We were created for him. He is a conqueror. He is victor. He has conquered everything. And because of that, in him, we too can conquer all things. Jesus Christ is the supreme Savior. He's at the top of the pyramid. There is nothing on earth or above or below the earth that is greater than Jesus Christ. And Paul wants us to know that in chapter 1. Jesus is incredible. He's an awesome God. And then chapter 2, he reminds us that if you believe chapter 1, then let your roots grow down into Jesus Christ. Have that firm footing on the firm foundation that is Christ Jesus. Build your life on Him. It's because when we do those things, then we will be able to stand firm against the culture that is around us. And once we've done that in chapter 3, then we will live this transformed life. So very important that we recognize we live that transformed life. Chapter 2 is all about setting us free. And we're reminded that in Christ we've been set free. My guess is that churches today are much like the church in Colossae 2,000 years ago, that we've got different voices even within the context of our our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Paul wants to remind us, listen, there there, there are folks in the the, uh, Colossae church that you need to be aware of. One says that you need Jesus Christ, but if you've got this mysterious knowledge about God, If you pair those two things together, you'll be closer to God than you ever have been before. 
And there's another faction in the church as well that says basically it's a kind of a works-based salvation that says you need Jesus Christ, but there's some things you've got to do along the way in order to inherit that salvation. And what Paul is saying in chapter 2 is, listen, the only thing you need for salvation is Jesus Christ. That is it. You don't need some special knowledge. There's no way you can work your way to heaven. That it's in Jesus Christ that we have what we need. And we are people who love working and earning trophies and, and medals and all kinds of accolades along the way. But, you know, Paul reminds us of the greatest accolade that we ever have had. In the book of Galatians, he says in chapter 3 that you and I, when we say yes to Jesus Christ, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Church, that's something to celebrate, something to say hallelujah about. We have achieved so much in Christ. Not that we could do that on our own. It's because of Christ that we have that kind of life. We've been set free in Christ. In chapter 3, he reminds us that, that we are called to live a transformed life. That you and I, because of Christ and what he's done for us, we look differently than the world around us. That we have this gentle heart for people, that we have true joy in our heart, that we know how to express real, authentic love, that we care for those around us, and that as we say yes to Jesus Christ, we allow His Holy Spirit to affect our life in very positive ways. Now, I want to stop here for just a moment and create a sidebar talking about the Holy Spirit. Next week, we've got Easter, but the week after, I am so excited, we're going to begin a series on the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a great three weeks together as we unpack who the Spirit is. How does He affect my life? How do I know that He's guiding me? What will He do for me in my life? And how can I know that uh, He's guiding me along the way? It's going to be a great three weeks to be together, and I hope that you'll join me for those, uh, those three weeks together. But if you allow Jesus to transform your life, Paul says there are some markers that are going to happen in your life. It should be evident to the culture and the world around us that we serve a risen Savior. We should be very different, full of salt and full of light, full of graciousness and mercy. Paul says in verse 2, and he kind of lists some of those things, and we've encouraged you as a church to begin doing that this year as, as well. We started out the year talking about our particular theme, your kingdom come, because church, we want God's kingdom to come in our life, do we not? We truly want him to be a part of who we are. And so Paul reminds us every day, you need to have a prayerful life. You need to be talking to your creator. It's important that we pray, God, your kingdom come, not mine, but your kingdom come. And to have that everyday conversation with our creator. Equally, that we're called to be in the word of God every single day to discover how we're called to live. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? What does that transformed life truly look like? Being in God's Word every single day, so important for us to understand what being a disciple is about. And then we realize that we don't do this journey on our own, that we live in community, that we journey together. One of the ways that we do that is something we call connect groups here at Crosspoint. It's our adult teaching model. Uh, and basically, it's a smaller group of people that dig deep into the Word of God to see how we're called to live, to pray together, and just live life together. We have 
a number of those available uh, for you. If, you. if you're not in one or you're curious about what they might look like, I would encourage you to check the wall, the brick wall, as you exit this door over here in the commons. There's a whole uh, card system there of all the different groups that we list. You can also do the drop down on our website. And there, there are groups that meet here at the building, some that meet in people's homes, and they meet at different times of the week. You can find the thing that works for you in your particular schedule, but don't do life alone. Join others on the journey. And then finally, we're called to serve, just like Jesus Christ lived that servant-type life. And there are lots of ways to get plugged in here at Crosspoint. If you're not serving anywhere, I want you to know the leadership team here at this congregation encourages everyone, get off the sideline and get in the game. It is time for us to interact with one another. And there are lots of ways to do that. Right now, our kids' ministry is in need of some, some teachers and some helpers for teachers. And so maybe kids are your thing. You, you'd love to hang out with some little kids and teach them about Jesus. Uh, that's, a, that's an opportunity for, for a volunteering or maybe even our youth group. Could be in the welcoming and hospitality group. When you came in, no doubt you were greeted by some folks. And maybe that's kind of your cup of tea, the thing that works for you. Maybe, maybe meeting with CR, Celebrate Recovery uh, Ministry, on Tuesday nights. They're in need of facilitators and folks to just sit and listen to other folks that come together and trying to journey through a, a portion of their life. It'd be a great opportunity for you to pitch in and help out. Maybe tech is something in your, your life that you're really interested in, and so joining our crew back in the, uh, the AV booth would be someplace that you could plug in. The point is, don't sit on the sideline. There are lots of ways for you to get plugged in, whether it's here at Cross Point or at the congregation that you currently attend. Find a way to begin serving. Everyday prayer life, every day in the Word of God, journeying in community, and serving just like Jesus served. That's the transformed life and what it truly looks like. And then ultimately we get to chapter four, the last chapter of our letter. And Paul encourages us, look, use wisdom toward people who have not yet said yes to Jesus. For folks who don't believe that Jesus is necessarily their savior, use wisdom in your conversations as you interact with them. And so let's go back to verses five and six in our text and reread that one more time. If you've got your own Bible, I encourage you to, to uh, highlight it, circle it, underline it, draw some attention to it in your own Bible. Paul says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. I don't know about you, but I, I kind of tend to get caught up in what is going on in the world around me, some behaviors that exist from people who don't believe in Jesus Christ. And I end up neglecting my own transformation because I'm more worried about what they're doing than the Holy Spirit changing me. And as people who follow Jesus Christ, that's first and foremost, is that you and I have to allow the Holy Spirit to change the way we think, the way we do, the way we behave, the way we talk, the way we interact with those around us. I grew up in church, as many of you did as well, and it's easy to be consumed with the behavior of people in the world who haven't said yes to Jesus yet. We get so, so bent out of shape about what's going on. And I think a lot of times it's really, let's put the spotlight on people that I can kind of shake a finger at because then no one's looking at me. No one sees the idea that I've not yet been transformed. I'm not yet mature in my faith. And if we took Paul seriously and focused on allowing ourselves to be changed by the Holy Spirit, we'd find time to be incredibly fruitful and redeeming of the culture around us. 
Because if we allow ourselves to be transformed by Jesus Christ, the world will begin to see the light within us. That we have a true joy for life, a true happiness that this world cannot give us. That they would see what authenticity truly looks like as we interact with one another. That even though we get kicked a time or two, they would learn and see what forgiveness looks like. What, what does someone who is truly compassionate, full of grace and mercy, look like? And our world would see truly what that, what that looks like to be Jesus. And so Paul goes on to say in the text, for the world around us, for the culture that is so noisy, for the ones that have not said yes to Jesus yet, make every moment count. Make every moment count. We tend to think that... Uh, this morning is the one time that we can truly be confessional and live out our faith. But it's every single moment, Paul tells us, to find those ways. I love this quote by Thomas Edison. He says, most people miss their opportunity because it usually wears overalls and looks like work. And that's true, isn't it? I mean, I know it's true for me. Sometimes I'm involved in relationships and I try and I try and I try and I go back and forth and I recognize this is more than just a one moment relationship. I'm going to have to keep working on this. And sometimes when we're faced with that, we tend to walk away. God wants us to be a part of what's going on. I mean, if you're anything like me, we long for the big splash in ministry when we're doing things for kingdom work because ultimately we want, we want people to notice what we're doing for Jesus Christ. And so we wait for the big splash, we wait for the lights are on, but the truth is kingdom work generally happens very quietly, doesn't it? I mean, you've discovered that in your own life. I mean, even recently, you know, helping, helping neighbors when their power is out for hours at a time, giving money to buy lunches for kids who are on spring break because that's really the, the best meal that they're going to get from their school. It's inviting that single person over to your home to just get to know them and remind them, you're not in this thing alone. We're journeying together. We're part of family together. It's offering to buy groceries for that person who is shut in and can't get out. It's calling someone who's working through the cancer treatments, helping them realize, I'm praying for you. I'm walking with you. You're not going through this alone. It's inviting that newly divorced person for a cup of coffee just so you can say, how's life going? I'm here for you. I'm here with you. Tell me how things are. What we've got to remember, church, is that every single day is a redeemable moment for God, not just Sunday morning. But we end up thinking that a 30-minute message on Sunday morning can fix all the things that we worked on breaking for six days. We come in this place to get energized, then rightly so. But we're called to make the most of every opportunity. And the kingdom of God advances when you take that coworker to lunch because you're button heads a little bit just to work out what's going on in life. How can we be more amiable one to another? It's when you stop in that parking lot in your busy schedule and help someone jump their car because their car died. It's when you sit in that chair at the blood bank, literally giving of yourself so someone else can be saved. It's buying groceries for that single mom who's trying desperately to make uh, ends meet. 
It's throwing the baseball with the fatherless child in your neighborhood, reminding him that he is important. Paul says, let your transformation be seen every single day, all the time. Make the most of every opportunity. You know, you and I have uh, worked through this past 12 months, and there's a lot that has happened to so many of us over these past 12 months. But if you're anything like me, one thing that has come to bear in my mind is how busy that we used to be. We've had to slow down, haven't we? We've had to make margins in our calendar. We've had to cancel some trips and some events, some times to get together. And we've recognized how important it is. And honestly, how many missed opportunities that we've had before COVID because I was busy with my schedule. I was busy with what I wanted to do. And we've seen how slowing things down a little bit can make us more purposeful in our interaction with the world around us. Paul says, look, Make the most, make the most of every opportunity. And secondly, he says, let your conversations be full of grace. As you talk to people around you, as you interact with people, let let your language just be seeped with grace and mercy. Look like Jesus in those conversation moments. Now, one thing I would say 2,000 years ago is that Paul would assume 2,000 years later that we would still be having face-to-face conversations. And uh, social media has kind of taken some of that away from us. As a matter of fact, you could probably go into any public place, restaurant, a store, the mall, at a stoplight, driving 70 miles an hour down the interstate, and people are looking at their phone, right? I know you've experienced that too. And we fail to have that human interaction. We've settled for platforms on the web where we can just put our monologue of our opinion without any pushback or working things out when we don't see eye to eye necessarily. But you as Jesus' ambassador, you need to have conversations with people who are around you. And those conversations need to be full of grace. We need to be willing to offer mercy to those who differ in opinion from us. And if you want to be graceful and reinvest in your own spiritual formation, I would throw out this idea that maybe some of us in here need a sabbatical from our social media platforms. Maybe you and I need to take some time away from Facebook, from Twitter, from Instagram, from TikTok, whatever your particular thing is, and reconnect to those people around you in meaningful conversation. I'm guessing you've probably seen uh, the chewing gum commercial that's been on recently. Two young uh, ladies, uh, low 20s, are sharing uh, an apartment together. One of them is on the phone all the time. Finally, one keeps trying to interact, but uh, there's just no interaction. And so she chews a piece of gum and writes on the wrapper, friend, yes or no, and slides it across the table. She sees it, they laugh together, they put the phone down and begin having conversation. For so many of us, that, that needs to be what we end up doing, is that we put away the distractions of our culture and interact for the cause of Jesus Christ in powerful ways. Because the truth is, we invite our friends into faith community moments, don't we? But then they see how we interact with each other on social media. And I will tell you, whether they're a part of a faith community or not, most everybody knows 
what Jesus looks like. And some of our conversations they would point to and say, that doesn't look a whole lot like Jesus. We have this angry defensive posture so many times. We just don't want to sit down and talk. Because I think what happens is, is if we sit down and actually talk to one another, you might show me where I'm wrong in my stance or where I could change or be different or how I'm immature in an approach. And so if I just yell loud enough, no one will notice where I'm not mature in my faith, where I need to grow a little bit. Paul calls us, make sure to have grace in your conversations with one another. The, the most Valuable sermon ever preached is found in Matthew chapter 5. It's Jesus Christ, the Sermon on the Mount. Many of you have read through that many different times. But in that sermon in chapter 5, Jesus says, you, not singular, but plural, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And so it's when we become transformed by the Holy Spirit and we change the way that we interact with one another the world sees that light coming out of us, that light that looks a whole lot like Jesus. And what does salt do anyway? One, it adds flavor to the meal that you might be preparing, but it also tenderizes maybe the meat that you're about to put on the grill. And so Jesus reminds us, add flavor to your relationships. Be people who have a lot of grace in your conversation as you interact with those around you. Bring a tender heart to the conversation. Paul starts this letter in chapter 1 describing an incredible Savior. He, he says, Jesus is God. He is creator. He is Savior supreme. He's the ultimate reconciler. He's conquered all things. And if you really believe that, then allow yourself to grow down your roots deep into Jesus Christ. Become the person he is. Let him nourish your body and your life. Build your foundation of your life on the ultimate cornerstone. And when you decide to do that, you'll be transformed into his likeness by the power of the Holy Spirit. Chapters 3 and 4. Live a life that screams Jesus Christ to all those around you. Because church, we live in a dysfunctional, dark world who desperately needs to know Jesus Christ. And so that message can't stop with us. We've got to pass that message on to those around us. And we do that in lots of different ways. If necessary, speak words. Most of the time, it's in the way we treat other people, the way we interact with others. So Paul calls us, make the most of every opportunity in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, with your family and friends. Let grace drip from your language as you enter into conversations with those around you. Church, we serve an awesome God. Amen. He's called us to a different kind of life. Paul is challenging us. We need to look like Jesus Christ in our lives. And so this next song, we're going to celebrate Jesus Christ together as the family of God. And as we sing, I would encourage you, there might be something going on in your life that you need some, some prayer over, some direction for. And our shepherds will be gathered on the wall of this room. Go find one of those couples and let them pray for you and over you. Maybe there's something in your life you need to celebrate. And that could be a prayer celebration as well. 
Or maybe today you've made the decision, today I'm going to be baptized. I'm not waiting until next week. Today's the day. I want to put Jesus Christ on as my Lord and Savior. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to make sure that I'm giving him glory in my life. And so today we can make that happen for you as well. Ultimately, we follow Paul when he says, follow Jesus Christ like I do. Be Jesus wherever you are. Make the most of every opportunity. So let's take one of those opportunities right now to praise his holy name together as the family of God. Let's sing.